0: Hello, Indians fans. I'm Jeff Ellis of the Locked On In Indians podcast, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity to uh, to also be appearing over on the WKYC channel. I want to remind anyone who's checking out the show today, our show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Use promo code LOCKEDON, get 10% off your order. It's what I have for breakfast every day. On today's show, I have a special guest, uh, someone I've known for years who I think knows the Indians and in Indians baseball, as well as anyone, and with the Yankees playoff series just around the corner, that'd be a great chance to have a special guest and have, in this case, Justin Motta of Indians baseball insider come on and talk.
1: Good to see you, Jeff. It's been it's been a while since we got to talk. It's good to catch up, and hope you're doing well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's always good talking baseball with you. Uh, let's now be. Honest with me. Uh, earlier in the day, did you really think the Indians were going to end up the four seed? Or were you like me, where you uh, you thought this game was just against the Pirates, done, meaning you were going to end up the
1: seventh seed? Yeah, I, I had six, too. I, I pretty much threw it in the bag. I thought maybe their luck had kind of run out. I mean, how many times in a week can one team come back the way they have? That spends a lot of emotional energy for a team. So for them to do it again, I thought was pretty unlikely. So that was an interesting turn of events, the way uh, Sunday's games unfolded.
0: Yeah, I, like I said, I was sitting there, uh, had, you know, Browns and Indians at points split screening it, and uh, it was a surprise. I'm still not sure if it's the best outcome, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm not necessarily scared of the Yankees, but the Athletics were a team that had been scuffling uh, leading into the final few weeks, though. So is it, I'm, now I could be blanking I'm wrong, did the Athletics end up too or is it the
1: Twins? Isn't it the Athletics? Uh I think the White Sox, or I'm sorry, the Athletics are three and the three. Twins. twins are two. Okay,
0: so it still might be a, a solid outcome either way, but uh, you know, now that we've talked about Sunday's game a bit, why don't we just dive into the series? Uh, for me, I think, and everyone else out there, we're feeling pretty good about game one, but uh, you know, Justin, you've spent more time with the team, honestly, this year than I have, doing the writing and your post-game shows and everything else over so running against Baseball Insider. What do you feel like are the the things maybe that we should be more aware of that isn't coming up or the things that you think might be overlooked in this short series?
1: I mean, a short series, there's always obviously a lot of chance for random variants. I think the biggest thing for the Indians is they have to catch the ball, right? Like, I mean, we've seen them make errors this year, whether it's throwing errors or base running errors. They made two errors today that led directly to Pirates runs. And they this offense can't afford to have that against the Yankees. I mean – you want to give the Yankees extra outs. That's, that's a bad recipe for for a quick uh, trip back home and some golf uh, real quick in October. So I would say number one, I mean, you know, the offense is what it is. They're not a good offense. They struggled to hit this year. I just think that if the Indians are going to have a chance to win the series, they have to go out and play a clean game. So absolutely no base running mistakes and no errors I think is number one. Cause you, I think, you know what you're going to get out of the pitching, right? Like you, you have a pretty good idea what Shane Bieber is going to give you Tuesday. You have a good idea what you're going to get from Carlos Carrasco and Zach Plisak and the bullpen to an extent, even though there's a little more question marks out there. But I I think for me, defense and base running mistakes have to be uh, totally eliminated for them to have a chance in the series. You cannot afford to give away outs and give extra outs to the Yankees.
0: So my mind always goes a bit conspiratorially. And I don't know if you've thought about this as well after I bring it up, do you think that the Yankees in some regards might be the team that is best uh, set up to hit someone like Shane Bieber or Zach Plesac? might know them better because they have Matt Blake, who was the Indians uh, pitching coordinator last year? Do they have more inside information on this pitching staff than maybe any other team in baseball?
1: The Matt Blake thing is interesting. You're right. I didn't consider that before. The Matt Blake thing could be really interesting. Um, that could really give them... Some insights I didn't think that they would have had, so that's going to be something to watch for for sure. I mean, they're probably set up to hit anybody, right? Like they're a boomer bust team; they're going to hit home runs, so they're not going to score. That's how the Yankees have played for what? How long now? Um, I think the only thing that's going for the Indians is they don't walk people. Like Shane Bieber doesn't walk anybody. Zach Plesac doesn't walk anybody, save for a one weird three start stretch this year. Carlos Grasso doesn't walk anybody, so the Yankees will have to beat them with solo home runs, right? That's that's Aww. as good as it's going to get with the Yankees. If they're going to hit their home runs, you need them to be solo home runs so you can have a chance, especially in the Indians' offense. But the Matt Blake theory is is definitely interesting. I did not consider that. Uh, you know, Bieber has added the cutter this year, and his curveball is different than it was a year ago. And I, I would say Zach policex slider is better than it was a year ago. So those are two things that kind of factor in. But the Matt Blake thing, um, that could have a chance to loom a lot larger than I would have guessed.
0: Now we know the Indians can't compare with the Yankees when it comes to lineup. Uh, I, you know, I over here on my secondary setup, I've got the Yankees lineup in front of me. And for as good as even, you know, I I had my concerns with Clint Frazier. Let's say before the trade deadline when everyone wanted to acquire him, but he did play very well this year, and he's not even necessarily, uh, you know, he, he played every day this week except for Sunday. But he's had a few days off here and there. They still have Gardner, um, Aaron Hicks, who was among the league leaders and walks on top of his defensive ability. And you're just looking at someone like Judge, and I'm trying to think who the DH is off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, Stanton. So it's uh, clearly the Yankees and their money have the advantage in that lineup. But is it safe to say that definitely among the starters, I think, in a three-game series, the Indians have an advantage. But might they have an advantage in the pen? I didn't think uh, the Indians' pen would be as steady as it has been. But when you look at kind of their back-end grouping and what do you think Tristan McKenzie will bring? Do you think he becomes the kind of the guy with Chalk? Does this maybe lead to less uh, less of uh, Phil Mayton or Nick Wetgrin in those late innings? Do you think
1: they'll go with the young guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the whole reason they put him out there is to use him. So you want to throw him out there and, and... – you know, leverage him the best you can, because I think he does work in the bullpen. I think his stuff works in the bullpen. He's looked good both times out of there so far. So that could be a great bridge for them. Uh, my only concern is with McKenzie is, is how many times is he going to pitch a three game series? I think there's almost zero chance he pitches back to back games, right? Is he going to pitch in game one and three? Cause that would still be a lot for him. I remember this is a guy that, you know, as you well know, Jeff didn't pitch last year and, 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 was hurt a lot in 2018 and and has injury concerns so how much are they going to get out of him in the playoffs like I think they showed this week that he pitched Wednesday and Saturday against the the White Sox and Pirates that's his start day and his side day that he pitched those two games so those are two days they can count on from him but in the three-game series I don't think you're going to see him more than once so when do you use him like he's kind of your Uh, you know push the eject button and and your safety valve like you go to him it's the only time you can do it you're breaking case of glass um they have other good options I I think Cal Quantrill has been really good I'd like to see more of him and um I still trust Nick Whitgren and obviously James Karinczak but you're going to need James Karinczak to get are you going to ask him to get six outs because that's not something he's done I guess their hopes are probably what to to have every starter go at least six or seven innings, because if they have to come after five, you know, like I said, you have breaking case of glass and McKenzie once in the Yankee series, and then are you asking James Karinchak to get six outs? Because that's not something he's done. Uh, and Brad Hand's been better than I thought he would have been all year. He's been—I don't know how he's got it done, but it wasn't a fluke. The 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 underlying metric suggests that he's as good as he has been, which is a surprise to me.
0: Yeah, I, you know, with Karen Chak, I guess my concern with him is always having spent time around him in the minors. He is maybe the, you know, they use the expression, a creature of habit. Like, I don't think I've ever known a player in my time interviewing who is more of a, you know, very pattern-based. Like, he is someone who I have to do A, B, and C before I do D. And I do have concerns about that idea of someone who is very much, kind of set in his way is uh, probably the expression I'm looking for, Uh, what that, you know, trying to have him change what he is used to uh, in a playoff situation feels like that could be uh, to trouble. Uh, And I guess the other guy we haven't even talked about is uh, Savali and what is his role. Uh, He has been a little bit uh, weaker of late in his performances. Uh, I think three of his last four starts were a little bit below what has come to be expected at the start of the year. He was looking for about the first month and a half, like one of the top twenty starters in the American League, and now he's not even a you know on this first round as a starter. Do you think they lean on him more, Are they more just they don't know what to do with him? I, I guess for me, he's probably the biggest pitching wild card in the entire series.
1: Yeah, the Yankees series. I don't know how much you're going to see him. He's he hasn't pitched out of the bullpen since college, and. I just don't see his arsenal as something that works oh, in the bullpen. Like he's not a hard thrower. He's got five or six pitches. You know, is he going to come into the, out of the bullpen and try to throw his two or three best pitches and just call it like there, or is he going to be a guy who goes out there and tries to throw every pitch because in a, in a short window, you don't have time to get a feel for all your pitches. And I don't think that plays well in the bullpen. Like I said, he might throw what 94 that's that might work, but I, i Savalle, to me, his best, approach is throwing the kitchen sink he throws his and you know nicks his entire arsenal up and I don't know how much that works in the bullpen so I, I don't know how they're going to use him I really don't I don't know if it's a great fit um I think he's more of an emergency option in the bullpen more than anything so he's on the roster
0: before we get into the individual games I just want to take a second and thank the fantastic sponsors that keep this podcast going one of our fantastic sponsors today is BuiltBar.com. Talked about them at the top of the show. BuiltBar is honestly what I have for breakfast every day. They gave us a free sample, and from there, I've now become a client of theirs. I'm always buying new products. They just released their brand new flavors, and they're relaunch in August. So, if you are curious to check out BuiltBar, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You can keep using that code; it gets ten percent off. Uh, if you're someone who loves pumpkin, they have they're currently doing pumpkin chocolate chip as one of their flavors uh, to check out and try. Again, it's a product I use. It's not just something I, I sell because it's here. It's a product I have familiarity with and that I use daily. Our other fantastic sponsor is Ohio vs. Everyone. Today, everyone. Our other fantastic sponsor is Ohio Everyone. It is a blog that is specifically for your Ohio-based teams. You know, right now, if you go to ESPN, you're gonna see this entire Indian series probably more about the Yankees. It's just it's a bigger market and it makes sense to do that. If you don't want that slant if you want to hear about the indians and be indians focused go check out ohio vs everyone today the matt over there is someone who i've known for years he knows the history of the indians as well as anyone lots of in-depth knowledge go check it out ohio vs everyone today you won't regret it and it's a great way to not get annoyed when you go and read an article on the indians postseason matchup that's 95 percent about the yankees and five percent about the indians and they probably forget to mention that Jose Ramirez is an MVP candidate because if you've been watching anything of late, that's all the national slant is for getting Jose Ramirez. Okay. So let's talk about this matchup that, because, uh, you know, we have to talk about it here because if we don't, no one will. Uh, again, it's, you know, it, if, you, if you're an Ohioan, you're pretty much used to that, that uh, you're going to get second fiddle. And again, it makes sense. It's a smaller market, of course. Uh, If you want the most hits, you're going to talk about the Yankees. We we understand that, but as Ohioans, as Indians fans, we, you know, you want to find a good in-depth source and that's part of what this podcast is going to provide. So it looks like game one, Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole coming into this year. Everyone thought Garrett Cole for the Cy Young. I was very much a hold your horses. He's had two good years with the Astros and was kind of mediocre before that had one great season and some good ones. Uh, would it be fair to say it's been a disappointing year for him?
1: I, I would say so. I did talk to someone who covers, kind of covers the Yankees or, uh, the other day, and they said he's been just as good. He had some bad starts against the Rays and the Orioles, so maybe he's not been as bad as the numbers suggest. I mean, he's still what a top 30 starter in baseball, and that's pretty good. And I mean, is he worth the contract he got? Probably not because he's not putting up the numbers he did a year ago. He's given up more home runs. Yeah. Uh, which is odd. And it, I, I thought someone told me the other day, going to a lot of home runs this year. I had to look. And actually I would have thought a lot of those home runs would come in New York. Cause you know, New York's ballpark, but he's had home run problems on the road, which really surprised me. So I would have to say he's probably not lived up to expectations for his first year. Um, what 284 ERA and a 389 FIP. That's, you know, a full run and a half almost uh worse than he was a year ago which is like you said jeff that's closer to his pirates numbers
0: yeah and i just looked over to pull it up i was curious about home run rate because i knew that was the issue as well with him that uh one you know uh 1.23 a little bit over one home run per, per nine innings this year he's up to 1.73 so and that's a, a significant increase well it doesn't seem huge because i'm talking about like half of a home run uh in the grand scheme of that percentage i mean that's like a what like a 40% increase from a year ago and there can be variants in that that can be just bad luck especially in a short season but I I feel very confident in game one Uh, yes things can easily get away from the Indians but uh, have you this year with Shane Bieber we've gotten used to some great pitching performances over the past few years I feel like for the longest time I did not get to experience great pitching and then we had Sabathia's run to Cliff Lee to Corey Kluber Steven, you know, Bauer and Carrasco and players like that at their peaks were amazing. Is Shane Bieber's season the best you've seen? I feel like for me it is. I'm curious if uh, it's either that or it's the Cliff Lee season. To me, those are the two greatest pitching seasons I've seen.
1: It's got to be the best. Look at the numbers. I mean, the on base, he won the, he's the first MLB pitching triple crown winner in uh, over 10 or 15 years. I think the last one I saw today was Johan Santana. It's been a long time since anybody's won the the MLB Triple Crown for pitching, and I know it's a short season, but, man, look what the guy was on pace to do for a full year. I think the only thing that stinks is we didn't get to see 32 starts out of him. That would have been incredible, the run he was on. I don't know. It doesn't get better, which is amazing to me because you're right. Corey Kluber's 2017 was ridiculous, and that was with a a terrible April through a back injury, and then his 2014 was good. But, yeah, this might be the best, which is, is hard to believe, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's just been unbelievable. I uh, I brought up on the show on Friday, uh, when was the last time, you know, would the Indians or should the Indians have the, the Cy Young, the MVP, and the AIDS relief winner only to realize that they canceled the Rolaids relief award that hasn't existed <laughs> since 2013 or no, 2012. But uh, it did lead to some interesting questions because I think they would have a candidate in all of those And that's only happened twice in the history of those three awards where, yes, tech it can't happen anymore because it doesn't exist. But, (laughs) uh, I mean, Brad Hand would be in that group as well. So you're looking at, a a, for all the Indians' issues this year, they're kind of an elite company when you look at some of those top-end players. Uh, Again, you know, I just kind of, you can't say enough about Jose Ramirez and what he's done. And Brad Hand, I was pretty much uh, left for dead at the start of the year, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I know you talked about a little bit. Have you seen a change? Because it felt like before the season started, he just looked like he was done. I didn't think there was any way his option would get picked up. I didn't think he would be the closer by the end of July, and instead, uh, he might have been the best. It's either him or Liam Hendricks for the highest
1: war at the end of the year amongst relievers. Uh, I didn't even really look at some of the advanced measures for, for him. I did earlier today on Statcast, but... I I don't know what happened like I think it was a couple weeks ago I started looking and I was like okay there has to be something he's changed like is his arm slot back up because last year his arm slot fell um, due to you know having a tired shoulder and his arm slot has not changed his release point is still as low as it was a year ago when he claimed to have a tired arm and so I was like okay so he didn't fix that he's not throwing harder he's back to 91 92 he's been 93 a little bit this week but that's a top for him it's just command. That's all it really is. Like he's throwing the slider to both sides of the plate. He's, he's staying out of the middle of the zone with the fastball and slider and he's getting ahead. And that's, that's all it really is. I suppose the slider is still a pretty elite pitch for him. Like it still has good spin. It still has a crazy amount of, of movement as far as the, the shape of it, the vertical drop and the horizontal movement. But, um, it's nothing like, you know, elite as far as other pitchers are concerned, but he's just commanding it well. And, uh, that makes you feel good, right? Like, I mean, that's that's more sustainable than trying to get by on, you know, the Bob Whitman or Joe Borowski school of of closing games. So, yeah, I, I thought for sure something would have had to change. But no, it's just, it, it looks to me like it's just, he's got good command.
0: So I think game one, we both feel pretty comfortable. Uh, game two, Carrasco versus uh, Tanaka. Tanaka's been himself. He's, I, I feel like he's, been a solid study arm and there's a lot of value in that but is he I think this is another one where the Indians have the pitching matchup going in Carrasco I think has been better especially over the last month than most people expect I know back in July I even talked about it like I wondered if maybe he would be in the pen by this time uh in the year just because of you know natural aging curve and it's been about a year uh since his cancer diagnosis and that you know he lost a whole season in his 30s that's not easy to recover from uh, let alone coming back from cancer. Uh, it's He's an unbelievable story. He's one of those guys where when you look at his overall story and how many years, you got to wonder if he's going to be like a, a potential number retiree down the line for the Indians because he's still here for a few more. But Carrasco versus Tanaka, do you feel like that's an advantage at least pitching-wise? Because we know, like I said, lineup-wise, it's never going to be an advantage for the Indians, so they need that
1: pitching advantage. What's your thought
0: on that matchup
1: in game two? I still go back to – and I know it's not fair to do this because the lineup has changed, but you remember the 2017 ALDS the Indians had a terrible time against Tanaka. I mean, they were chasing splitters in the dirt, which is right up his game plan. And, and Lindor and Ramirez were terrible in that series, you know, outside of Lindor's grand slam game two. Um, I'm trying to think who was in the lineup at that point. Was Santana was still here, but I don't know who else is left over from that era, honestly, which is crazy because it's only three years ago, but. He I, I been have been on the say. bench then at least I don't know if he started in that one but he would have been a bench bat in that series he did he did play in game five I want to say okay. because I remember him hitting a home run in game five or no I'm sorry game four in New York it was a home run in New York but yeah I, I just I look at his arsenal and it concerns me from a hitting standpoint like Carrasco will be fine I, like I said I I think there's a high degree of confidence in knowing what you're going to get from all three starters in this series i think the indians have a good idea you're i don't i don't expect either any three of them and this is my you know i'll probably you know this will be freezing cold takes a week from now when one of them struggles but um i feel like there's a high degree of confidence that you're going to get a quality start you're going to-
0: had a quick I think, technical
1: issue, so I'm just going to throw it back to Justin now. I think you're going to see a quality start from each three each of the three Indian starters in the series. Uh, to me, I think it's just the, Tanaka presents a bad matchup for the Indians lineup. Like, who's the only guy in the lineup you feel like is going to hit him? Is it Ramirez has been great this year, so maybe he will? Um, Tyler Naquin is usually pretty good against guys who throw off-speed stuff low in the zone. So maybe that will be good for him. Um, but of course, if you're chasing Tanaka out of the zone, that's what he wants you to do. He doesn't want you to hit uh, strikes. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Like I, I, like I said, I feel good about the Indians three starters. I don't know how I feel about the Indians lineup against Tanaka specifically because of his arsenal and the past against him. So that, that kind of gives me a pause for game two.
0: It is interesting where the Indians might do better against the flamethrower of uh, Debbie Garcia in game three in the junk baller in game two it's uh not what you expect to hear but uh you know we both spent time around akron both got a chance did you get to see debbie when he was in scranton at all
1: i did not see him in scranton no i I did hear a lot about
0: him so you know my personal experience is i got to see him like once in scranton and he was uh, you know phenomenal but the concern is always that uh if you looked at him wrong you thought he was a little leaguer like he is a very small slight pitcher it's kind of amazing the velocity he's been able to generate this year uh have you you know have you seen him at all in the majors or anything do you have a kind of a take on debbie garcia for fans who are
1: completely unfamiliar with the uh yankees rookie yeah he's not a big guy uh it's really that curveball right like that curveball for him is a, a double plus pitch and He can throw it for strikes. He can bury it in the zone. It's going to be tough. The Indians are going to –
0: you can't eliminate
1: it because he can throw it in any count. It's a great pitch for him. It's just they're going to have to try to – I don't want to say eliminate it. That's the wrong word. But they're going to have to try to seek out when he's not going to throw it because I don't know if that's a pitch you can hit. I'd have to look at pitch values this year. But I think his curveball and his few starts this year has been – one of his better pitches, actually, the fastball's been better for him this year. If you go by weighted pitch values, which is a surprise. Maybe you're right. Maybe the fastball is better than I thought it was. But, it's yeah, uh, three, I
0: mean, yeah it's like a 99, 98 pitch. It's one of those, like, high, high-end fastballs. It is interesting that in spite of, you know, the curveball and the fastball, his strikeout per nine is, uh, you know, about eight and a half. So he's not missing a ton of bats with it. I mean, eight and a half's good, but that's not what you expect with that stuff. Uh, you know, go look at the Indian staff. I mean, even Carrasco, who a lot of people don't think is a strikeout pitcher, is like 10.5 Ks per nine this mm-hmm. year, I want to say. It's, uh, it's a surprising number to look at. But, yeah, they, the Indians as a team on the whole, uh, there's a lot of free swingers. So I'll be curious to see against this pitching staff. But it's in general, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's the Indians have to win this one through their pitching basically right it's got to be pitching and a big moment it's going to got to be what we saw almost in that white Sox series where it was just pitching held on until hitting could produce that moment
1: yeah that's what it's going to be i don't know like i said i don't know how sustainable what they did this week is going to be at least it gives them a degree of confidence that they can come back but i mean they know what's in the yankees bullpen you know what's out there Rolls chapman's out there zach Britton's out there um Adam Adovino's had a terrible year, even it's though like it's he's been hurt, stats.
0: right? Adovino, Chad, maybe. Did he have oh, points been hurt? Uh, no, uh, Adovino. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Chad Green's he been great. Been. I know I talked about back when uh, the Yankee – and this is why, too. Like, everyone was like, oh, let's trade Clevenger for Clint Frazier. And I was like, this series is exactly – and I know Fre- or uh, Clevenger's hurt now. Well, you can't predict it. It's With Clevenger, it's always freak injuries. It's not predictable things this is exactly why the Indians uh, did not trade him to an American league team. And uh, you know, the other, Chad Green was the guy who said, if they were going to trade him to the Yankees, that was the guy I wanted to target. So, I mean, their pen, they, they even have the advantage in the pen. So it's, and that's when you can spend like the Yankees, you're always going to have the advantage. So it's just going to be. Yeah. It's, I think to run into the Yankees in the opening round is probably the best place to face them in this short series with having the pitching staff the indians have i mean mo- a lot of places considered Yank- the yankees to be the al favorites to start the year um i know if you listen to the podcast it, my world series pick was Rays versus dodgers that still looks good and we'll see if i can hold on with that but uh, this yankees team is uh, it's crazy you, you even lineup wise you go and you look like i said i was just looking at their bench with guys like you know mike talkman who's yeah, the year isn't as great as it's been in years past, but he would still start for the Indians any day. Clint Frazier uh, has been in and out of their lineup. They've got just depth for days, and that's that's the Yankees' advantage. When you can spend like the Indians can't make up for misfires. If they sign a free agent and they stink, they're stuck with them. If uh, they don't develop a position, say the outfield right now, where they've not developed, you know, I always talk about that. The you know the the top war outfielders for the cleveland indians that have developed since 2000. It's like luke scott is number one and never even. ryan church is number two i'm trying to remember the full list but it's the indians have to then trade to fill those whole gaps the yankees can just keep signing players and it's i know that's why uh everyone while most media is going to be about the yankees in this matchup everyone who is not a yankees
1: fan is an indians fan this week which is also kind of nice <laughs> yeah you know, that'll make it fun for sure i don't i don't think the Yankees bullpen is as good as it was in 2017 i mean they did have that one freak comeback right the the game Lindor hit the grand slam and that was off chattergreen and they had dell and Batances. um it's still a good bullpen it's not and and this is not an indians offense that you want to consistently be trailing in a game like it like that's how it worked in 2016 and i know circumstances were different in 2016 but you know, they got out to early leaves, they pitched well, that's what the Indians did well in 2016 and it carried them and they don't have the same bullpen they had in 2016, obviously, but the rotation's healthier now and better than it was uh, at the time of the playoffs in 2016. You lean on that a little bit harder. Um, you know, they would have, they, what, everybody was going what, two times, th- two times through the order in 2016, besides Kluber. Well, now you have three starters that can go three times through the order. Um, Aaron Savali probably is a two times to the order kind of starter. And then you go to someone else behind him, but, uh, you lean on the starters more, you just, you manage to what your strength is. And if you can get a starter three times through in a lead and you only need Karen, Shaq, uh, McKenzie or, or or in hand, that's a good formula. As long as you're playing from in front, I think. Yeah. So it's, this is going to get.
0: You know, just looking at the Yankees team, I was kind of curious uh, just about their injury status. And, I mean, that's one of the advantages the Indians have right now is the pen is a bit weaker because Tommy K-Line has Tommy John, and former Indian prospect Ben Heller has a nerve injury. Not, you know, even to focus on the fact that if they had all of their starters healthy, this series would probably go uh, Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, and then James Paxton in game three. You wouldn't even see Tanaka or uh debbie garcia if that was the case so there's some advantages i mean on the indian side of things the two things i kind of think about with this is one how nice would be to have a manual class eh? a what a difference to the back of the pen that would be a and b i just keep thinking about 2017 where i wanted to see carrasco get two starts he had been Mm -hmm arguably the Indians best pitcher down the stretch Kluber probably was still the better of the two but Carrasco had been one of the top five pitchers in the American League I think sometimes people don't realize 2017 like he was I think he finished like fourth fifth or sixth in the Cy Young he had been phenomenal that year and for some reason he only got that one game so I'm kind of hoping this will be the uh the carryover from him having to uh you know not getting that other appearance and i he was great in the one game he got in the postseason i believe that was one of the wins in
1: 2017 if i uh, am correct so that um, was the game they lost one nothing that oh, was, that's the, what it was. See? that was the Good game call. where greg bird hit the home run off of andrew miller okay
0: yeah so i am wrong <laughs> but you have a better memory and i'll totally sometimes i i but doesn't 1-0 so again he was obviously fantastic in that one. Uh, so yeah, I think about, now my defense, that 2017 uh, series, uh, that happened literally as I was having my first kid. I think it was like game one or two was uh, was in the middle of that. So that whole series is kind of a blur. I didn't get to watch all those games. I didn't really get to sleep then. So uh, I, I, at the end, when I came out of that first few weeks of first parenting, uh, it was definitely a point where I'm like, well, I guess I didn't miss too much yeah, I think you have a, a valid excuse for yeah, sure. And that was fun. <laughs> uh, So I guess here's my question. What's your take? You know, Indians in three, Yankees in two. Three
1: game series is something new for all of us. Yeah, I don't know. What you were saying earlier, I, I kind of think that maybe it would have been better to catch them in a five game series because when they once they get to the bubble in, in San Diego in a five game series, there's no off days. So, you know, you can't, leverage your starters you can't put starters in the bullpen you can't pitch relievers and then have a day off in between so maybe the Indians would have had a more of an advantage because their pitching is a little bit deeper from the starting side so the three game series to me I think benefits the Yankees a little bit more it's a weird year I don't know I'm gonna say Indians in three I know I shouldn't say that but like I feel like the Yankees firepower is is a lot but um, they're having a weird a weird week and anything can happen they're playing at home I think they'll get to Garrett Cole in game one and they'll find a way to win one more game.
0: I think I'm going to go with Yankees in three, just to be the, the opposite. I do feel like this is a three game series. Um, I think you and I both have the same thought that you trust in Bieber in one and chunk ball pitchers are just the bane of this team's existence in game two. So it always, it, it just comes down to which Zach police hack do we get? Like he is the fulcrum of this and watch now, they won't even there won't even be a game three because I'm calling him the fulcrum of the, the post of the series. And since I've stated that the series will in two games now, which if it does end in two games, I would think Advantage Indians, because again Shane Bieber is uh otherworldly this year. But I feel like Pleaseack, we have seen him be Zach Pleaseak of a year ago. And then we've seen him be a guy who can rival Bieber. I, I don't know what he is uh entirely. I mean I was I remember watching him at Ball State be an outfielder and a pitcher, and I was a fan of his, and uh, I wrote up that draft pick that year and was very excited about him. But what he has become is beyond – I mean, even with Bieber, I, any of these guys, it's – it's what the, it, you feel like somehow the Indians are doing something in the lab somewhere that is allowing them. But the jump Plesac made this year, I can't describe. I can't understand. I can't explain. But if he is at peak performance, he's been – at his best, could one say? He's been one of the top five pitchers in the
1: American League when he is on. Yeah, I mean, he's been that good. I actually think Plesek matches up really well with the Yankees there. I have to look. I'm I'm totally basing this off of their lineup right now. Like, I'm trying to go find the splits real quick while we're talking. But um, they have a very right-handed, heavy lineup. And, and his uh, slider has been devastating to right-handed hitters. You see what he did to the White Sox this year. I think he presents a really nice matchup for the uh, for the Indians against the Yankees because um, that slider is just really is really good against right-handers, and they're very right-handed heavy. I think they, they have.
0: It's yeah, just Gardner one. and Talkman, or Talkman. I'm sure I'm probably butchering it. Everyone who listens to this regularly <laughs> knows my pronunciation is terrible, but I think those are really their only two lefties of note.
1: Yeah, Hicks is a switch hitter. I suppose they would probably start Talkman against a lefty, but um, yeah, it's, it's Brett Gardner and, and Aaron Hicks and Talkman are the only guys that play regularly. But if you play Talkman,
0: if you don't take out Gardner, are you taking out Aaron Judge for him or Stanton for
1: Talkman? Not Aaron Hicks. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. So yes. yeah, they don't have a lot of options against against a, a right-handed pitcher. So I think that really benefits Zach Playsack at the very least. I don't know how it benefits anybody else, but um, I think that makes him a good matchup for them.
0: And, you know, we were talking about it during one of the pauses in this, I don't know how many Indians fans realize that like Stanton and judge haven't been the guys this year. It's, you know, DJ, uh, LeMay Hugh who was a scrap heap signing, signing almost for them a year ago. And Luke Voigt, who it, that, that Luke Voigt deal has been ridiculous to watch. I don't know how much you've paid attention to this, but the first, when that happened with the Cardinals, it was like, the Cardinals got hosed. The Yankees won the deal. Voight struggled last year and the pieces from that deal became central parts of the Cardinals bullpen. Uh, now this year, Voight ended up leading the league in home runs. I'm going to say, I haven't checked in the last few days, but he had a a pretty significant lead So it's this deal where both teams got value, but it's been swinging back and forth each way. So if you are an Indians fan, you're not familiar with the Yankees this year. Voight has been the guy uh, to watch out for. And then, you know, just old friend alerts, uh, Clint Frazier, we talked about. He, he's he been almost an everyday player for them. Uh, Gardner has been taking more off days. Gardner Frazier has almost been a platoon at points. So that'll be something to watch out for. And Gio Urshela, I, I don't know what to tell people with him. I, I was never an Urshela guy, just in general, because he, he didn't walk and he struck out a bunch and he didn't have any power. So I don't know what happened there. Uh, other than some kind of dark magic, much like what happens with the Indians pitching. But uh, with Ben Heller out, it's just those two guys uh, With and Matt Plague, who we talked about at the start, in terms of old friends alert, people to uh, pay attention to. You might have remembered from the
1: time in Cleveland. I'm with you on Urshela. I, I always go back to this. People always want to point out how good Urshela is. Okay. And I'm totally with you. Like, yeah, great defender and, uh, you know, good guy, nice player. But zero, zero kind of approach at the plate, right? Like he tried to throw his bat at everything and he made contact with everything, but the quality of contact was so poor. And then what, he got to Toronto after the Indians DFA'd him and Toronto cut him. And then he was in the minor leagues and then they, and then the Yankees picked him up and then the Yankees cut him, or I should say de- designated him for assignment. He cleared waivers. So it took three times through waivers before he finally broke out. Like, yeah, the Yankees figured something out with him. I think it was his lower half someone said a year ago, but he was CFA'd three times, twice once by the Yankees, even before this happened. So it wasn't like the Indians missed out on something like crazy that was obvious. Like, yeah, did the Yankees do a better job helping him uh, with his mechanics at the plate or something? Yeah, obviously they did. That's something the Indians struggle with. But I mean, it's a little fluky, no? Like, three, he got cut three times.
0: It's not like a, a Yandi Diaz where we all saw him in the minors and go, this guy can just get on base. Like, we saw the skills right. there. Like you said, I mean, Urshila, he looked like I thought the comp high-end Urshila was going to be Jack Hanahan. I mean, that was, to me, his high-end comp in the minors. And uh, I mean, I was wrong and I'm often wrong. Uh, I'm very honest about that. But yeah, I don't think that's, this is not one of those, or even if you want to go old school, this isn't a Brandon Phillips situation. You can hold over the Indians. If you're going to compare it to any former Indian situation, it's Jeremy Guthrie, where you know, the opportunities were given and someone figured out a way to make it work i there's certain players you can get mad about i don't think Urshela
1: is one of them still haven't lost in the last two years and in Madden. Uh. yeah there's no one there's no no one who does prospecting is hitting 300 that just doesn't happen no so I, I was i was wrong on Urshelton i've been wrong on other guys too but yeah, no one's hitting 300 on prospecting ever.
0: no no I, i'm still waiting on cord Phelps to uh prove me right oh, so i'm gonna he's yeah. gonna I, uh, you know, it's okay. You can trade Kip to this because Cord Phelps is just as good. No, that was, uh, that was one of my hot takes back in the day. So I'll just, you know, ruin my credibility <laughs> with that one. But, uh, I was not alone in the Cord Phelps love. Uh, it's been great talking with you. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and dealing with all the foibles as I tried to do this video thing for the first time. Uh, it's a fun experience. And again, first person I went to when I was like, okay, I need someone to talk to. Justin knows his stuff. And again, thank you for having me on. Why don't you uh, take a second and tell uh, where they can find your Twitter and your articles and everything else.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it, Jeff. So you can find uh, Indians baseball insider at official underscore IBI. You can go to Indiansbaseballinsider.com. baseball uh, You can follow me at jail underscore baseball. Um, we're doing post games after we did them. I want to say about 50 of them this year after each Indians game, we did almost all of them on, on Periscope on Twitter. Uh, we'll do them throughout the playoffs as long as that lasts. And, you know, we're there when the season's over. We'll be talking 2021 and we'll be talking prospects for next year too. And uh, we never get tired. The season, there is no offseason at IBI. You know that, Jeff.
0: Oh, that's where I started. I, I know yeah. quite well. I mean, we got to add Nolan Jones and uh, Eli Morgan this off season to the 40 man. We can just.
1: <laughs> yeah. Carlos but, Vargas, another say, one. Yeah. yeah. And
0: some some uh, Gabriel Arias from the, the uh, Carpenter right. trade. You know, there's. I said, for, for some of us, baseball just always goes, but again, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, inaugural video episode of the lockdown Indians podcast. I've been Jeff Ellis, your host. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. Uh, if you're watching this, I'll have my way too early mock out on Monday. It's uh, won't have the Indians cause it's always just the teams that were eliminated. It's like, Hey, I'm sorry. Your team doesn't get to play anymore. Here's something for you. And then as teams get eliminated, I'll add to it. So eventually you can see what I think the Indians will do in there, but, uh, Thank you. Again, remember to listen, download, rate, and review. That all helps us so much. And as always, go Tribe!